Hello, homies. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in today. Also, please feel free to flick me an email. I've had a few emails from all around the world of people saying that they're enjoying this podcast and I really love hearing from you. So yeah, if you wanted to touch base, email info at eugeniekruger.com. With that aside, I wanted to tell you a little bit about our guest today, Lisa Strebeck, who is also a podcast host. Now, in the 200 plus year history of homeopathy, did you know that some of our best homeopaths were skeptics. And Lisa is no different. So Lisa is a certified homeopath and health coach who discovered the power of self-healing when conventional medicine failed to resolve her young daughter's chronic health issue. So coming from a place of skepticism, she was astounded at the results she saw after giving her daughter her first ever homeopathic remedy. So utilizing homeopathy alongside diet and lifestyle changes, her daughter made a full recovery from a debilitating autoimmune condition called PANDAS, which is uh, an acronym for Pediatric Autoimmune Neuropsychiatric Disorders Associated with Streptococcal Infection. So you may have heard of uh, PANDAS. It seems to be quite common these days. Uh, Yes, so Lisa's daughter made a beautiful recovery from that. Now, Lisa also hosts the Raw Health Rebel podcast as featured in Apple UK's Alternative Health All-Time Bestsellers. It's a bright and growing podcast which spreads the word of true health, explores natural healing and empowers its listeners with a message that true healing comes from within. So I think you'll really enjoy today's podcast and let's jump straight in. Welcome to the Homeopathy Hangout podcast where we discuss all things homeopathy from around the world. And now your host, Eugenie Kruger. Hello, homies. Today, we get to hang out with homeopath Lisa Strebeck, all the way from the UK. Welcome, Lisa. Oh, hello. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. It's wonderful to have you on. Now, Lisa is actually a fellow podcaster, and she has got a great podcast called Raw Health Rebel. Um, So I wonder if you can maybe chat a little bit about that and how did you decide to do that? Yeah, that's a really good, um, yeah, good question. So it was a bit of synchronicity. Um, I actually got asked by someone that I really respected on Instagram to, to share my story of my daughter. Um, she had a vaccine injury and subsequently how I found homeopathy. Mm-hmm. And my instant reaction was, I can't do that. Like I just felt like I couldn't. I still had obviously blocks in my throat chakra. I felt like I couldn't <laughs> talk that openly. And then overnight just one day I had this thought of do you know what you can't share your story with someone else until you've shared your own story in your own way so I'm going to do my own podcast it came out of nowhere and I had a sort of fear of public speaking Um, and my friend had asked me to do a public speaking course and that very morning that I woke up with this idea she said Lisa before you you know do this public speaking course there's a podcast workshop running tonight you might want to go on it And I thought, oh, what's to lose? It was like a two hour workshop and I'd had a really busy day at work. And I thought, oh, I'll just hang out in the background. It's on the Zoom. You know, I don't even have to really participate if I don't want to. And then lo and behold, it was a course. There were six Toastmasters on the course and a radio presenter was running it and there was nowhere to hide. And she was like, right, go and download the software and come back with your intro. Here's how to do it. So. Within 24 hours of deciding, oh, I might share my story on a podcast, I had my own podcast up and running the next day. And I was like, right, you've got to get your story out there. So 
I um, shared some sort of my first episode, my story, and then I decided, you know, the world needs to know about homeopathy. Mm. I interviewed some homeopaths, but also just alternative ways of living. You know, there's chiropractors, there's health influencers, health activists, people on natural law. So it's um, it's quite wide ranging. But yeah, that was how it began. So it was pure universe acting. <laughs> it was kind of I was pushed into it. So yeah, that's it the quite- best kind. Oh, I love when people people share their stories about homeopathy. So I so resonate with you there. Um, you know, homeopathy is so amazing and it's so great to get it out there for people to enjoy and experience. But um, I wonder, Melissa, if you can tell us a little bit about how you first discovered homeopathy, because you actually have an accounting background, right? Yes. Yes. Don't <laughs> hold that against me, everyone. Um, so, yeah, basically, you know, I discovered homeopathy through my eldest daughter. She had... I mean, it's a story that we hear a lot in, as homeopaths now. Um, she was cesarean born. She had a lot of health issues, constant antibiotics, ear infections. So there was a lot of um, suppression, you know, and build up of, chron- you know, long term acute illnesses. And it was actually a vaccine, the flu vaccine that tipped her over the edge into pandas. Um, and if no one's heard of that, I think you will, because it's a very mm. uh, fast growing um, disorder, which is basically where children, they can have ticks, but it's normally sudden onset OCD mm. with personality change. And it's where the, the immune system can't recognize strep. And mm. so it attacks part of the brain um, and it causes these behaviours. And then you'll find when the child is generally well, these behaviours go. Um, it can often be misdiagnosed as autism. But I think because with pandas, it's relapsing and remitting in line with when they get an illness, it's um, it's more obvious that it's not autism. So that but there is some overlap. So, you know, she had she developed pandas and, you know, it was we lived a nightmare and we went to um, various specialists. We went to Great Ormond Street and their only solution was to put her on prophylactic antibiotics mm-hmm. for a year. Yeah. And I was like in my, you know, at this point, I was like, I haven't listened to my mother's intuition. You know, I hadn't really wanted to vaccinate her at you know with all the vaccines she'd had at certain points but I was told by the doctors you know that's what you do and I wanted to be a good mum and I wanted to listen to what the doctors told me because they knew best so you know I'd always gone along but at this point I thought well going along with everything I've been told has led us to this point and for me just in my my basic gut was like I can't give her antibiotics for a year and and this was six years ago so back then the whole gut brain connection it's very sort of much more mainstream knowledge now but back then it wasn't really you know it was a little bit but not as you know probiotics everywhere so I I remember thinking god I'm completely on my own and I read some books on a great book healing the new childhood epidemics by Kenneth Bock which is much more biomed so we started off down that route but I was still like, it's not really getting to the root cause. I felt like I'd substituted allopathic medicine for just herbs and supplements. And I thought, how, how's that going to really heal the root cause? Um, and at this time, I happened to read this book called Toxic World, Toxic People. And it had a chapter on vaccines, but it had a bit written by Dr. Jane Donegan, who's a homeopath. And she talked about how she talked about healing basically what she said made perfect sense and I thought I've got to go and see this homeopath Um, and because she was a doctor it felt more palatable at that point because it was still you know a stepping stone from my previous mindset to something a bit more alternative 
And I got in touch with Jane Donegan and she said, well, before, you know, I, I treat your daughter, just come to a course that I'm doing, a one day course on raising healthy children. And it was mind blowing. It was about she it was about terrain theory, but she didn't use the word terrain theory. She did it in a really um, amazing way just that anyone could understand. And it was all about toxic overload and suppression and how we get ill when we actually need to release that toxic burden and I was like my husband and me were like oh my god everything we've done has been wrong you know it was so obvious what she was saying and she even like quoted bits from the National Institute of Clinical Excellence on how we shouldn't use paracetamol and ibuprofen to manage fevers and we were like why do people not know this you know everyone every parent should go on this course So I went to see her and did a consultation, homeopathy consultation. But I have to say, even having the the utmost respect for her and having gone to the seminar, I was like, what is this? What is this, you know, crazy consultation? She's asking me about my daughter's dreams. She's asking me about (laughs) what food she likes. Like This just seems like, you know, some overinflated like personality quiz. It just Mm -hmm. seemed like slightly ridiculous. And then this is obviously how little I knew. She got her books out. And I was like, she's even looking up in her books. She doesn't know the answer. You know, and as a homeopath, that's what we do. We look in our books, you know, look up the rubrics. So I was like, this is just a bit too much. So I walked out and I was like, oh, I had such high hopes for that. But it seems a bit of old twiddle twaddle. So I can't, you know, and I shelved the homeopathy because I was still sceptical having gone through all of that. And then my daughter had another flare. And at the time, her biomedical um, doctor was like, Lisa, just try the homeopathy. You have nothing to lose. And the first remedy that Jane had prescribed was a balnozode. Mm-hmm. It was Proteus. And mm-hmm. I gave my daughter the Proteus. I put it in water and I gave my daughter just a sip of water. And I she didn't even know that she was having the homeopathy. So there was no placebo effect because she didn't know that I'd given her a drink with it in and what I witnessed was like I was like what the hell have I just done she had the most like brilliant reaction but having not known you know that this could happen I was like the alarm because she instantly started screaming her ears hurt after I gave it to her now she my daughter had had a history of over 20 ear infections up to the age of four And she'd never had pain with ear infections. I would only know she had one because her behaviour would change and it would trigger a pandas flare. So it was like her body suddenly did what it meant to do. It should have done. And so she first started screaming her ears hurt. And I was like, oh, my God, what have I done? Um, And I actually phoned the homeopathic helpline and they were like, give her some chamomilla, you know, really low potency just to Mm -hmm. help see her through it. And then that evening, she then got a rash all over her back. And then the next morning she woke up and I thought, has someone drawn on her with a pen? She had these like greyish red marks going all the way down, like a uh, cat scratch. And I think that was probably Bartonella, um, the cat scratch rash coming out. It was just drawing everything out. And I was like, what have I done? What is this? You know, went on Google, went on Wikipedia. I was like, it's pseudoscience. And I was like, this is not pseudoscience. I was like, what is in this? You know, this is magical. This is, you know, and I was nervous because mm, it was, mm. an ex, you know, most people don't get reactions like this. But yeah, I think, that's pretty spectacular. <laughs> yeah, I think it was my journey to have mm, to see that reaction mm. to become a homeopath. So, um, and then within 48 hours, it had all settled down. 
she was happier, calmer, more content, like a five-year-old should be. And it was just, I, I was at that moment, I was like, this is, you know, our path and the way forward. So it was phenomenal. And, and within two weeks of that, I had actually, re- I, I just devoured, you know, homeopathy books. I had um, thought I've got to study this and I signed up at CHE. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was in the July and by the August I'd signed up for the, the course because I was like, <laughs> I have no more. So, yeah, it was amazing. Thank you, Proteus. It was yeah. phenomenal. Proteus is an amazing remedy. And that's a very quick journey from complete newbie to actually enrolling into a course. <laughs> yeah, but it was like, and you know, I remember going to um, the open day at CHE mm-hmm. and Marcus Fernandez, who's the principal there, said to me, you don't find homeopathy, it finds you. And I was like, that is so true, because if someone had told me a year before that this, you know, I'd be studying homeopathy mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, using it almost exclusively for my family, mm-hmm. I'd be like, you're, you're nuts. That's not <laughs> going to happen. So amazing yeah. um I completely agree definitely homeopathy found me as well because I enrolled to be a naturopath and I didn't at that stage even know what homeopathy was I had no idea and then we were forced to do this introduction to homeopathy <laughs> paper and I was really annoyed because I couldn't get out of it it was one of the you know prerequisites that you had to do and within that first hour I completely changed my pathway to become a homeopath instead so I would definitely agree with you there homeopathy found me <laughs> Oh, not the that. other way around. Um, yeah. So, Lisa, what other things have you used homeopathy for in your home since then? Oh, so um, well, I've used it actually. This was quite a good story as well. So, for whooping cough in the house. So, and this is a slightly straight. Sounds a bit strange as to how it how it transpired. But my so, and this is the other thing to mention. You know, homeopathy. Although we saw that spectacular result, it's still a journey. You know, it still took mm-hmm. two years, really of regular seeing a homeopath to get to a really healed position you know and we saw improvements along the way Mm -hmm. um always you know sometimes remedies would have more spectacular effects than others and sometimes they were more subtle but you know healing is a journey so that's Mm -hmm. the other thing I want to say for anyone listening it's very rare going to be you'll see a homeopath and within one remedy you're fixed you know you need to commit to it so about maybe, you know, a year to 18 months in, we went to see um, my daughter's homeopath, the great Hilary Dorian. <laughs> she um, prescribed my daughter a remedy and something really strange happened um, after she was given this remedy. So my daughter, got a, she'd always had like a chronic cough and she just had a, she coughed in my husband's face and he went don't cough in my face you'll you'll give me something and it was really weird that you know that would never normally happen within less than a few hours he was um came down with a fever and was just flat out on the sofa he couldn't move he was really ill um and then he he basically got whooping cough and we spoke to Hillary about it and said, this is really weird because, you know, my daughter coughed and then that happened. And he, she said there was probably some energy exchange going mm-hmm. on and for whatever reason that needed to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was so ill um, f- for weeks, months. I, it was about after two months, you know, he cracked his ribs. He was coughing so much. Wow. He was vomiting all the time. You know, it mm-hmm. was really awful. And he, he didn't really want, he's much more, no, I won't take anything. But in mm. the end, after being off work for two months, um, I said, and he's had his own business. I said, you know, please go and see my homeopath. <laughs> and he had his aha moment because 
you know, the the doctors, the allopathic doctors wanted to put him on asthma medication uh, to help with the coughing. And, you know, they were going for x-rays, but they said there's nothing else they could do. Within 24 hours of having the remedies, he was significantly better. Wow. <laughs> um, and then he went back one more time and it completely shifted. Um, and I also had whooping cough at that point. Um, and But I was given a different set of remedies. He <laughs> was actually given tuberculinum um, and then causticum and phosphorus mm -hmm. I was given um, medorinum because for me and this is again how different people present with the same illness mm -hmm. you know his was all in the chest coughing as where when I had the whooping cough I did cough a bit but mine was more in the sinus I felt like I was so congested and after having had the medorinum that night I like literally um it was disgusting you know I felt like water was just running out of my nose like the equivalent of a whole human being of water and I woke up the next day just thinking oh I can breathe again so I think if people listening I don't tend to treat myself or mm -hmm. my or my husband you know for acutes we might but not for chronic illnesses because you just can't see clearly enough um, and also just how differently different people present and the other thing that was interesting about the, the whooping cough, you know, um, the lungs are associated with grief, you mm. know, from traditional Chinese mm -hmm. medicine. And I think that part of our healing journey and my daughter's healing journey, I actually lost my first baby, our son, very late on in our pregnancy. And we'd often carried that grief around, which was part of probably laying that foundation and susceptibility for my mm -hmm. daughter's ill health. But after we got whooping cough, there was a, and we were actually treated with well, my husband, particularly with grief remedies. There was mm -hmm. a, an emotional healing that took place as well. So I think because we hadn't necessarily addressed some of our emotional trauma previously, that illness that we both had in the house was giving us the chance to express, you know, what we needed to and untrap those emotions that, that we've been holding on to. So you know, I think homeopathy has the potential to help heal on a very deep level, not just um, not just mm -hmm. physically. And if we don't do the work, I think our body will do the work for us. Mm -hmm. And you've just given me a beautiful little segue into the next question I was going to ask, which is where do you see homeopathy's power and what things can homeopathy help with that the general public might not necessarily think of? Yes. Yeah, so um, I definitely think, you know, emotional healing so I did a Instagram Q&A the other day and I had a few people ask me can it help with you know anxiety or, or, or emotional trauma and I was like yes how do people that to me it was obvious I've never really <laughs> sort of said that on any of my you know social media I've never said about I've often said it can help the cute and this so I think that is where it, its power really lies because in my mind I think that most physical illnesses are because of emotional events that's how it happens it happens with the thought and then that catalyst creates you know disturbances or if it's not processed properly around the body so I think if we can address emotional healing and homeopathy is amazing for that um, and, and actually when I see patients anyway they come in about eczema or you know some physical illness but when you take their story and their case and you go back, when did it start or, you know, what is the central disturbance in that case? It's so often an emotional event. 
And actually, if we could just spread the message of homeopathy that it can just help with that, people would come mm-hmm. in actually with quite a different expectation as mm-hmm. well about what they expect from the consultation. Um, and I've found that my, you know, some of my personally most rewarding cases have been those that have come to me from the outset with severe anxiety or depression. Um, and because just the talking starts the healing process. Mm-hmm. And then when they take the remedies, you know, they will be much more aware of how it's affecting them emotionally. Um, as well, if someone comes with eczema and you say, you'll take a remedy, but look out for emotional changes or how it might mm-hmm. change your dreams. They're, they can be a bit like, what? But you're helping me with my skin. <laughs> and you have to talk about the whole process, the mind-body connection. So mm-hmm. I think that's where its power really, mm-hmm. really, really lies. Um, I agree. Sometimes I wonder if maybe it's a good thing that people don't know just how much we talk about the mental, emotional side in the consultation. Because I think a lot of people might not go to a homeopath if they knew, if, you know, they, classic case was a client, you know, like eight years ago. I remember it so well. She came in for a plantar wart on her foot that she'd had for like 10 years. And, you know, before she knew it, we were talking about her childhood and, you know, all the trauma that was associated with that. And at the end, she was like, oh, I feel so good after talking through all of that. And we gave her a remedy. And of course, you know, her wart was gone after about a month. But I sometimes think if people knew how much we talk about the mental emotions, maybe that would put them off and they wouldn't come in in the first place. So I don't know. I often wonder about that because people just do not realize how powerful homeopathy is to help with those really deep emotions and how a lot of your physical symptoms are just manifestations of some mental emotional disharmony or something else that's out of balance in the body, which then gives you this thing called a symptom to let you know things are out of whack. Yeah, beautifully put, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I think, and also I, you don't, ha- that's the other thing to caveat, you don't have to talk about oh, that. Oh, absolutely, I, I, yeah homeopathy can go as deep as you want to go that's the other beautiful thing you know I've had patients come in and they don't want to talk about anything emotional and you treat them more on a therapeutic level so Mm -hmm. it's but I I just feel personally that's where the power lies for me and the patients that I see and that's the path I want to go down and I just want to back up what you've said absolutely we will only ever treat the client where they're at and we will never prod further than where they're happy to go I think as homeopaths we're incredibly respectful of people's unique healing journey and just respecting them where they are so I completely agree with you there I'm glad you clarified that and the other thing I guess the other area where I see its power lies or is going to be needed is um detoxing Mm. and I have often very early on you know especially when you look at the classical homeopathy with the view of you take you know core constitutional remedy it can kind of heal everything I'm just thinking nowadays we're so much more toxic Mm. um, heavy than people were in Hahnemann's time you know where perhaps a, a good constitutional remedy could help with everything you know I think we have so much toxic overload mm. um and I've been doing some of Tom Janssen's post-grad seminars on homeopathic detox so that's uh you know an area where I think with the you know with what's going on mm-hmm. with them and not just you know vaccines with glyphosate and mm-hmm. all sorts of toxins there um antibiotics contraceptives mm-hmm. how we can help clear those so I think that's the other mm-hmm. sort of core um 
progressive route of homeopathy. Mm -hmm. That's another area of passion of mine. So I'm so glad you brought that up because I also love Tom Yance's method and I've been using it for just over two years, maybe three years now. And like you said, we can detox basically anything, you know, glyphosate or contraceptives, steroids, uh, Ventolin. Um, come on, back me up here. What's some other things? <laughs> any any uh, medication? IV, like, IVF, IVF treatment as yeah. well. That's General it. anesthetic. That's another one. Yep. Uh, antibiotics. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, yeah, no, no. There's basically. lots. <laughs> any, any drugs, basically. Any, any drugs. Any, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing, and you're, you're seeing good results with. Um, oh my gosh, such good results! It's unbelievable. I will, and you know what's actually fascinated me about homeopathic detox therapy is, I was not expecting the emotional changes that I've seen. So I'll never forget. Um, one of my clients who we did the MMR detox with her daughter and she said her de- her daughter has become so much more affectionate since the MMR detox. And I had another lady who did the contraceptive detox and she said to me, I am feeling gratitude for the first time in my life. I've always known gratitude intellectually, but for the first time I can feel it in my whole being. And I was like, how can a contraceptive detox do that but I guess you know the contraceptive pill is so suppressing on our on our ovaries on our reproductive system so then detoxing this from your body I guess it makes sense that suddenly you can feel the sensation of gratitude or the the feeling of gratitude so I was like wow I was not expecting that but it's really amazing and of course all the detoxes we do where children regain their speech or their eye contact Mm. I'm sure you've seen a lot of that as well Mm. yeah you know what that just gave me full-on body chills yeah and and I've I haven't done it for myself personally I really want to do the contraceptive detox Mm -hmm. but I've been actually I'm I'm doing a graphene oxide detox myself at the minute and it's really interesting and going really well but I'm gonna do that next um Mm -hmm. I kind of want to use myself as a guinea pig too absolutely do it I've done it I've done the contraceptive detox as well and I had some symptoms come up that I was not expecting so I completely you know I always think I've got such a you know strong vital force it's not going to affect me and I was like you know first remedy on the 30c I was like wow I was not expecting that so (laughs) I highly recommend doing it it's amazing oh no I'm gonna did you do the um did you do it as a poly contraceptive or did you do the actual okay poly contraceptive yeah Okay, now I'm going to do that. I just get this one out the way. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, And, you know, this is the feedback that we get from clients doing that. It's just so amazing. And so I I agree with you. I think the soil that our children, the terrain that our children are raising, being raised in these days is so different. You know, when I was a child, we didn't have 5G or Wi-Fi or, um, you know, we only had about three vaccines when I was a child. Mm. Children these days have 40 vaccines, that's 10 times more. Um, The a c-section was it as high and um so there's definitely a lot more onslaught from all different directions we didn't have gmo foods when i was a child not as many mm. packaged foods we didn't even have a mcdonald's in the town where i grew up so <laughs> i think definitely there's a lot more to blame than just you know vaccines i think there's a lot yeah completely mm. it's the whole yeah. lifestyle yeah absolutely now you're also involved with health freedom for humanity can you please tell us a bit more about that yeah, so this is a um, an organisation that I feel really passionate about. So it's run by Alex Zek. He founded it in the US. And at the moment, it is very much sort of a US-led initiative. Um, and it's all about health freedom. Whatever walk of life you come from, 
Um, it's just about supporting the right for health freedom. And it's, it comes out of a place of, sort of love and compassion and empathy. And it's it's a grassroots initiative. And, you know, there's loads of people supporting it. Some really high profile doctors like the amazing Dr. Christian Northrup, Tom Cowan, loads of doctors. Um, but there's also I hate the word social media influencers. Mm -hmm. There's people like Laurie Ladd, spiritual people. So it's lots of different, you know, there's mums, dads, actors, lawyers, all different types, because the point is that we need to come together to whatever um, your view is on vaccines, whether you're pro or against, you should have the freedom of choice. Um, And that is very much what the initiative is about. So They've recently and they've got a podcast as well, which is um, amazing. Um, And that very, very much kept me company during last Mm -hmm. lockdown. I listened to it all the time, just not feeling alone, you know, that there was other people Mm -hmm. with a similar mindset. So I recommend people check that out. And what what is the podcast called? It's called Health Freedom for Humanity. It's so um, the hashtag Health Freedom for Humanity is blocked on Instagram and you cannot quote those words or put the logo on Instagram um I actually got my Instagram account removed back in September when I shared um health freedom for humanity so and I can say there's nothing controversial you know it's it's very much about but I think it becomes it comes it's because it comes from a place of inclusive inclusivity and Mm. love and compassion Mm-hmm. Because I find it interesting that on some social media accounts where they are very opinionated on anti this or anti that or scare, you know, in fear mongering, their accounts are still running because and yet the one and I think half the reason that this keeps getting taken down and Alex Zek has been one of the most banned people on Instagram, his his account's been taken down four, five, six times when he gets to about 90,000 followers it's because he is such a grounded, amazing person um, and he doesn't come aggressive. And I think that's more of a threat when mm. someone comes mm. from it from that perspective. So, um, yeah, so they do amazing things. They, they run workshops. They've got um, education classes on their website, but they've just started rolling out local chapters. So in the US, they're doing states at state level. Um, They want it to be grassroots and people led and a place for people to come together. They've just um, they're rolling out in Canada. They're in Australia. And we are hoping we will be launching UK very soon. We're just getting some administrative stuff behind the (laughs) scenes and there is stuff going on behind the scenes. So I'm going to be co-leading that with Lauren Backneen. And um, there's other people helping as well. And yeah, it's I'm really really honored to sort of be involved in that because it's something I feel passionate about. That sounds amazing. Um, can you maybe tell us how we can get hold of you and your podcast and your website and the organization you've just spoken about? Yes, yeah, sure. So um, the, the best place, the place I'm probably most active on is actually Instagram at the moment. So that's just at Lisa Strabak, which is mm-hmm. L-I-S-A-S-T-R-B-A-C. My website at the moment is rawhealthrebel.com. Um, lisastrabat.com will also direct you there but I am going to be um, do I need to work on my website I've got a new website <laughs> coming soon um, and my podcast is Royal Health Rebel and then Health Freedom for Humanity um, if you just search that it's healthfreedomforhumanity.com I think but I can send you the link um, mm-hmm. so yeah that's a bit for the moment um, I will be hoping to 
uh, be more active on my website once it's up and running just because having been deleted once off Instagram oh my gosh uh, it's it's soul destroying you know when your work and it's made me realize that's not our material that's put Mm -hmm. there it's Instagram so Mm -hmm. we need to be building our own platforms and putting our energy into websites which we have control of so yeah that is well putting my focus on Mm -hmm. Okay, so Lisa, just before we finish off and for a little bit of fun, can you tell us your favourite three homeopathic remedies and why? Yes, uh, great question. So I love, I I post about this a lot. I love aconite Mm -hmm. just because... It is so useful for nipping colds in the bud or, you know, acute anxiety. I take it where I have, well, not that I get to fly anymore, but I have a fear (laughs) of flying. So it's, it's great for that. Um, So yeah, if my daughter, my youngest daughter would be prone to croup when she was a baby. And if I gave her a dose of aconite in the middle of the night, it would just stop it in its tracks. So that's one of my favorite remedies. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I also love pulsatilla. That's a remedy that gets used a lot. I'm very pulsatilla. I go into pulsatilla like states. I know what I'm doing that because I get a bit weepy and a bit clingy and needy. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I think I need some pulsatilla. Uh, and my youngest daughter is also very pulsatilla. So that's um, that's um, one of my favourites. And then my third, oh, it's difficult because there are so many great <laughs> remedies. Um, I think. This is a personal favourite of mine, of just being selfish. Um, Medorinum, I mm. love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when I took Medorinum, I felt so just like um, I could conquer the world. And Amazing. this was just for me. This won't be for anyone else mm. it's because it's, it fit me. But I just felt amazing after taking Medorinum. Um, and obviously, it's quite closely related to pulsatilla. So I think that says a lot about probably my constitution. Um but yeah, they're, I think mm-hmm. they're my probably top three. Love Amazing. Them. And once you've experienced that magic of your unique remedy, like once you've worked with your homeopath and you've worked out which remedies really suit your constitution, it's wonderful to always be able to fall back on them. Hey, I know I've used my, I've got a couple that I've used for the past 10 years and just doesn't matter what's up. If I just need that little bit of a boost or a little bit of a support, a little bit of, you know, you're going to be okay. I'll just have one dose of my remedy and I'm good again for a little while. And it can work so fast. Hey, once you've got that, once you've got that right remedy. What, what are your two remedies? Do you mind oh, sharing? <laughs> ah, yes. So I'm a tubiculinum girl and so is my oh. son. And uh, actually my daughter saw Hillary as well. And she actually prescribed tubiculinum for her as well, which is interesting because my great granddad died of tuberculosis. So we have that uh, theme through our family and I'm a sepia girl. So I can get pretty irritable <laughs> at certain times of the month and a dose of sepia and I'm just nice mummy again. <laughs> They are too great. And that's what you know, I love that about homeopathy. It's like that shortcut, like, oh, she's yeah. a bit platina or they need a bit of nitric acid and you know exactly what you're um, you're getting at. So you can tell a lot by a person as to what their sort of go-to remedies are, can't Absolutely, you? definitely. Um, but then if you've just heard us say these remedies and you go and like go do a quick Google search and read the Materia Medica, you will never find everything in the Materia Medica that will be in the client. So uh, if there's any dodgy stuff that you're reading in there on our remedies, <laughs> I don't know, some, some homeopaths never reveal their remedies or some people never reveal their, con- their constitutional remedies. But if you see any dodgy stuff in there, that's not us. We're only all the nice things. <laughs> 
Exactly. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, well, it's been so fun chatting with you, Lisa. And I'm sending you so much love and so much strength and really going to be cheering you along for this uh, Health Freedom for Humanity and for all the other projects that you're doing as well. So keep it up. And we really need some freedom fighters at, at this time that we're in at the moment. Thank you so much. It's been really lovely to chat. I've really enjoyed it. It's been great fun. And yeah, covering serious topics too while keeping it human and having yeah. Thank <laughs> Keep, you. Keeping it real. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. Such a pleasure. Chat soon.